This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the program. A little later on, we're going to be checking in with Susan Adams of the North Peace Community Foundation. The foundation was recently tapped to administer the North Peace Savings Community Legacy Fund, which will invest a million dollars back into the community over the next 20 years. But first, the closure of the Alaska Highway News last month came as a surprise to many, and the paper had been in print in Fort St. John since Ma Murray started it back in 1943. Our first guest was the managing editor of that paper for much of the past and final decade of, his, of its existence. I'm delighted to welcome Matt Preprost back to the studios here at Moose FM. Matt, welcome to Moose Talks. Good morning, Doug. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you were saying right before here, you did do a stint here some time ago, so it's not your first time in the studio, but I think a lot's changed since then, I guess. A lot has changed, but a lot, <laughs> uh, a lot always stays the same, I yeah. find, you know? yeah, as much as they change. Well, I'm grateful uh, you came back to uh, talk to us about this. Um, a lot of this is kind of about your story at the Alaska Highway News, because you did about eight-ish or so years there as managing editor and whatnot. Tell us kind of how you got to that position, first of all. Huh. Um, blind luck, you know. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was something I moved up to Fort St. John in September of 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so just over uh, 10 years ago. Um, and I became the managing editor of the newspaper in July of 2015. And yeah. uh, really just the right place um, at the right time. Uh, there were a couple editors there uh, before me, a good friend uh, of mine. Uh, we actually started at the same day on the same day at Alaska Highway News, Matt Lammers, back in 2013. He eventually became managing editor, and uh, his career took him took him out of uh, the country, down to the Cayman Islands, and uh, the editor's seat kind of came open. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was lucky to lucky to get it. It's uh, it's an opportunity I would never have gotten in a in a big city, but in a, a city like Fort St. John, um, the opportunities are incredible. Yeah, and I was uh, very blessed to 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 have that opportunity. Yeah, because I think uh, I was creeping on your LinkedIn a bit. You you did do stints kind of after J school, I think, with the Free Press in Winnipeg, if yeah. I remember right. So you'd you'd had like a few jobs kind of before this one came up, and then as you say, you. So I guess you started as sort of a reporter before becoming the managing editor, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. And I started my career uh, back home in Winnipeg, uh, where I was born and raised with the Winnipeg Free Press. I was there for about five years, working mm-hmm. in the daily newsroom and working for their weekly newspapers and. Um, I had a little bit of an itch to get out of Winnipeg, explore uh, the great uh, country that is Canada, and uh, started applying for jobs. And uh, the Alaska Highway News was the the first one to offer me one. And uh, without hesitating, I said yes. And, you know, <laughs> kind of two or three weeks later, I was packing everything into a U-Haul and moving up to Fort St. John. Yeah. yeah. Did you know anything about the area before you accepted the job here? Or was Never- it just... 
never heard of it and didn't even know that there was such a thing as uh, as the alaska highway you know mm-hmm. to be honest with you so um but i certainly learned a lot I, I i remember i still have a book somewhere in all my in all my work stuff um i did a lot of prep for my interview with the with the newspaper so learned a lot all about uh, the natural gas industry up here i learned all about uh site c because site c was really coming back to the forefront of the conversation um mm-hmm. at that time um as as, as well but um had no idea that uh, a little town like Fort St. John um, existed, let alone that it had a, a daily newspaper, that a city like Dawson Creek, you know, half the size had a daily newspaper and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, took a chance and loved it. Well, I, I we, we kind of met for coffee yesterday and talked a bit and I think this came up. I mean, you're like so many people who come to Fort St. John. You came with a sort of a plan in mind, a couple years Maybe I'd be here. Mm-hmm. And then you ended up staying a decade. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I guess my question is, through that decade, working for the newspaper, you know, a, a lot's changed in the newspaper industry, even in our lifetime, but especially kind of in the kind of since the age of social media, if we want to call it there. I just wonder if you can sum up sort of some of the, the big changes you saw in your time. And and even just the changes you saw at the Alaska Highway News from when you started there as a reporter to, you know, earlier this year when, when you moved on to new opportunities. I mean, you probably saw huge differences to even just the size of the newsroom, the number of people working there, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. When I when I moved up, uh, you know, the Alaska Highway was a daily newspaper. Uh, There's the Dawson Creek Daily News um, as well before it went uh, changed to the mirror. I uh, went through a lot of changes. Um, it was in early 2014, kind of the, both the daily newspapers, we merged into one super regional newspaper for, for a bit there um, into Alaska Highway News. Mm-hmm. And then it was in 2016, everything got um, decentralized yet again in Alaska Highway News. We became just a, a weekly newspaper, went back to our roots, just a weekly newspaper for Fort St. John and the North Peace. And uh, the mirror became... Um, the weekly newspaper for Dawson Creek um, at the South Piece. You know, I think at, at the time when they when they merged, the idea was to, to try to keep um, the communities united. But both communities are so unique and 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 distinct. And so we went back to um, two separate papers for 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 their communities instead mm-hmm. of amalgamating. So, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, over the years, yeah, I think when I started between the two offices, you know, we had two, four, yeah, we, we had a newsroom of seven or eight people, you know, by the time uh, um, earlier this year, you know, down to um, four, about four editorial staff between two offices. So, yeah. um, you know, it's uh, it's been a tough slog for uh, the media industry in general um, here in the 21st century, but certainly newspapers, I think, have borne a lot of the brunt of that. Yeah, because, I mean, you still, uh, you know, at least for people of our age, I can't speak for younger generations, but you think of the newspaper, you think of the print edition. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you kind of had to migrate to, okay, we're going to publish everything on the internet too. At some point, let's publish it as it happens and not wait for the publishing of the paper and social media. uh, Another kind of big factor that's, that's really taken hold in the last 10 years. I I guess my question then is when you start as, as a reporter at the Alaska highway news, I mean, did you have any sense even then at how important Facebook and, and Twitter and, and sort of sharing the news that way 
was going to become and even you know how how important it would be to reach that audience who maybe wasn't reading the print edition of a newspaper anymore yeah i i don't think i mean i think everybody who worked in media knew that social media was a game changer and it was going to be important and that you know you'd have to integrate it into your work somehow mm-hmm. um i don't think maybe certainly not i did and, and maybe that's just youthful naivety um that things will never change um just just the way that social media um, took off just in, in, in the way communities um, use it to share information um, between their neighbors, uh, let alone read it for news, um, the way marketplace especially has taken off, right? It replaced classified sections of newspapers, you know, it competes now with like Kijiji and probably FSJ now, if that website still exists for, for, for locals. Um, but the way it became so dominant in, in our lives back then, yeah, you know, had an account maybe you know checked in every day you know to share status updates but uh, the way we've used it um up until recently to 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 share news in our communities and especially news links yeah i didn't um i didn't see how meteoric of a rise you know that Mm -hmm. would be and how all media you know really came to rely on um social media like Facebook in particular. And then certainly for Alaska highway news, it was driving a majority of our traffic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, now you can't get your news on Facebook, unfortunately. And, 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 and that's a bit of a game changer now as well. That's kind of probably rewiring and changing people's habits and, and getting them, um, to relearn how to access news on their own outside of social media and pull up energeticcity.ca or moosefm.ca or cjdc, you know, and all these places and, and to seek it out on their own. It's not in their feed like it used to be. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so let's fast forward to, you know, earlier this year, you, you, you get kind of new opportunities. You decide to move on. Um, did you see did you have an inkling that this was going to co- this was going to happen to the Alaska Highway News and the Dawson Creek Mirror that that maybe you were kind of serving in the end times if I could be overly dramatic or or did it genuinely surprise you when the news came down they're done I what happened you know yeah i'm not going to be as apocalyptic as uh, as you um surprised yeah you know i i knew um, not just Alaska Highway News, all media is challenged, uh, community media, especially in a kind of a globalized news world nowadays yeah. with the, with the, with the internet giants. Um, um, and I knew it would be challenged, but I always hoped that, um, you know, the challenge could be met head on and that, you know, the newspaper would be able to see its 80th birthday, mm-hmm. um, next year, its 80th anniversary. That was uh, something huge. And, um, not just for the the newspaper as an institution, right? Was one of the oldest businesses in the in the community, um, um, but for but for the community of Fort St. John and and, and North Peace, uh, especially for all the all the all the history uh, that that's here. There's so much of it, and a lot of that um, got documented by the Alaska Highway News. So, and as somebody who loves history, who's super involved with the museum and all this kind of stuff, it um, uh, was a bit surprising to 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 learn that it happened as soon as it did and that um 
there, there are all these questions moving forward about what community media looks like now in Fort St. John and the North Peace and North, Northeast BC, I would say, as a whole right now. And, and uh, who's going to tell these stories? Who's going to document it all down? And, and what are things going to look 10, 20, 30 years down the road? Mm-hmm. Do you think there was a kind of a change in law? And I'm, I'm kind of speaking off the cuff now a bit, so I apologize if I get some of the facts wrong. But there was a bit of a change in laws in how governments had to, um, I guess, announce things, to give out notices for public meetings and whatnot. It used to be they had to be published in the newspaper. Yeah. And as such, that was a source of revenue that I assume you could sort of depend on. Uh, you know, at the Alaska Highway News, the Dawson mm-hmm. Creek Mirror and whatnot. That changed where they didn't have to do that anymore. Do you think that might have been sort of the death knell when the city of Fort St. John, the PRRD, didn't have to spend their advertising dollars to tell the people about the meetings they were hosting in the same way that they, they had to before? I don't want to. That's, that's a good question. I don't want to say um, um, it was a death knell. Obviously, um um, the provincial government changed legislation to to give uh, municipalities and local governments a little bit more flexibility. Right, update, updating old laws when really the newspaper was the only thing kind of going. Right, it was probably the days before radio and, mm-hmm. and, and TV really took off. But um, a lot of that was like a historical legacy, and and certainly it's um, you know it, it those kind of things become. Um, a reliable stream of revenue for, for, for newspapers, especially, but at the same time, it creates challenges for other media that maybe don't have, um, that luxury, you Mm -hmm. know, as as well, because it's not like, you know, there was a law saying, well, these public notices have to be advertised on the radio or advertised on the news website. And certainly, yeah, the city of Fort St. John made, 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 made some changes. I don't necessarily, you know, I wouldn't say I, I, you know, I agreed with them, but you know, at the end of the day, local governments, uh, only have a certain pot of money to, uh, to play with. And, uh, you know, we elect people to make decisions, um, on how to spend, um, tax dollars. And that was a decision that was made. I don't think the regional district had, had made that change, but Mm -hmm. I know, I know the city had done that, um, had done that recently. Um, because at the same time they're, they know uh, the internet has changed everything in, in terms of how they as an organization communicate with citizens and residents and, and, and rate payers and, um, you know, their objectives to try to get people to log onto their websites, to get people to sign up to their mailing lists, right? Um, everybody's struggling, I think, in, in, in the age of the internet to um, keep communities cohesive. You know, I find social media and in the, in the internet can a lot of times uh, make us disconnected from from our neighbors a little bit too much it's easier to uh, chat and yell at each other you know over our phone screen rather Mm -hmm. than um you know kind of meet each other out in the street and have conversations or in the coffee shop so uh, there's a lot of changes but yeah i'm not going to say it was a it was a death knell it was just a it was a business decision and you can't you can't take that thing you Mm -hmm. can't take those things personally so Mm -hmm. what do you think um the future looks like for the newspaper Hmm industry in general i mean it it seems like we're kind of seeing the last days of it i mean if they're if it can't survive here how is it going to survive in even smaller communities or or sometimes even bigger communities when there's more room for business to come in and maybe provide some of those things in in different ways on the internet what do you think of uh 
of that is this kind of are we just are we slowly watching newspapers die out completely uh maybe not die out completely i think maybe it's just a little bit of uh um of a of a revolution or a transformation about how uh, community print media, you know, is is going to look. You know, certainly, um, uh, you know, the closure of Alaska Highway News and the Dawson Creek Mirror here, very, very sad and unfortunate, right? There were some other um, newspaper closures, I, I believe, that happened elsewhere in BC shortly after that. I believe uh-huh. down in Kamloops and in in the interior. You know, we've seen we've seen this happen in uh, communities in, in in BC recently, or not BC, sorry, um, Ontario recently, and. Um, while it's unfortunate, you know, there every community is f- full of opportunity, yeah. and all it needs is all they need are entrepreneurs with um, good attitude and uh, and a willing spirit to 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 try to do something, whether that's in media or whether that's wanting to open up a mechanic shop, like you name it. Every community needs these these type of entrepreneurs. So we're gonna see. We're going to see a shift, um, certainly, as um, large media um, conglomerates uh, make some decisions with their community media holdings, whether that be Post Media or, or Glacier Media or, or, or other type of companies. But I, I, I like to believe that um, when, a, when, a, when a gap is created, when a hole and a void is, is created, that communities have passionate people, passionate entrepreneurs that will step up to the plate, um, fill the gap, whether that's starting something new or whether that's um, expanding their business. You know, I see an enormous um, potential and opportunity now for uh, a radio station like Moose FM and, and Energetic City to... Um, really kind of take the reins and figure out, okay, what does this hole mean for Fort St. John? Uh, and, and how can we do our best to fill it? Uh, and that's the same opportunity that I would say exists for, for CJDC, um, as well. And the work that they do in television and radio as well. Um, and I hope, I hope you're able to fill those gaps and I hope the community, um, uh, residents and the business community can, can step up and, and support you folks as, as, as you try to do that. One final question for you, Matt. I, I was going to say it was going to be a happier note, but eh, it's, it's more <laughs> sentimental note, I suppose. Um, again, you were at the Alaska Highway News for 10 years. You are in Fort St. John for 10 years. What do you miss most about the job? What was your favorite thing about the job? Oh, man. You know, I feel um, so incredibly blessed and privileged to have um, just been able to tell stories. You know, ever since I was a young kid, I wanted to tell stories in some fashion. Um, and, uh, you know, when I was, you know, 10 years old, a little 10 year old boy, you know, cranking out, um, stories on, you know, an old typewriter, I, I never imagined, um, the opportunities that, that would come or, or, or that I would be able to be a newspaper editor for, for, for as long as I did. And it's hard to pick, uh, it's hard to pick a favorite moment, but, um, certainly every day I got to tell stories about the, about the people, um, of the piece about all the all the business and all the development that 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 that's been happening here and how important that is not just to this region but to the province of British Columbia so the rest of Canada really it's um it's an opportunity um I'll never forget and it's an opportunity I don't think I would have gotten um anywhere else this is a cool cool corner of Canada um and I and I'm always going to uh, look back on it fondly and the people here um most especially incredible people gracious people friendly people um yeah 
Excellent. Well, Matt, thank you so much for taking a few minutes of time. I know you're only in town for a few days. I'm grateful you uh, found 20 minutes to spend with us this morning. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dub. You're, <laughs> you're very welcome. That's uh, Matt Preprost, the former managing, managing editor of the Alaska Highway News. We'll be right back to talk with Susan Adams from the North Peace Community Foundation right after this on Moose Talks. Welcome back to the show. Some technical difficulties on my part. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're here to talk a bit about the North Peace Community Foundation. I think they celebrated really their first birthday recently. And uh, they also were tapped recently to administer this wonderful uh, donation from the North Peace uh, savings, and uh, we're going to talk a bit about that and everything with the CEO of the foundation, Susan Adams. Susan, welcome back to Moose Talks. Thanks for having me, Deb. You're very welcome. So for people who don't know much about the foundation, tell us a bit about it and kind of in general how the first year-ish has gone uh, with things for, with you and the foundation. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So the North Peace Community Foundation is a public foundation, which was created to uh, bring together the resources between corporations, families, individuals that wanted to support uh, the North Peace region in more of a general sense. We know that some donors have their um, particular organizations which they like to support, and that's great, uh, but others don't or would like more of a broad benefit from their resourcing. Uh, so the, that's where community foundations step in. And mm-hmm. so we started, uh, actually today is my second year anniversary with the community foundation. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we, we started, got rolling. Um, there are some uh, conversations about what that support looks like ongoing through a couple of uh, different projects. I mean, I don't think it's new to any of your listeners. Some projects are in town for a short time, some a little bit longer, and some we're really in proximity to where to where their projects are taking place. But most, if not all, of those staff that they have come into town here. And so um, we recognize that there are impacts there, and corporations and industries have been wonderful to work with local organizations, but they may not know the ones that need um, the most help. Uh, or they may be looking in areas that they've looked at in other communities that may be of higher or lesser importance here. So that's where the community foundation comes in, is really matching the needs of the community with the resources that we have out there. Mm-hmm. So yes, last Monday, um, North Peace Savings and Credit Union, through their uh, successful merger with Interior Savings, uh, developed a gift to not only the North Peace region, but also the Northern Rockies region, of $1 million, and we have 20 years to distribute that into the community. Um, And they had four different pillar areas, and I'll just uh, take a look at those to make sure that I get it right. (laughs) Um, So personal success through financial literacy, providing healthy living supports, improving access and availability of food, and supporting families with children. So anywhere within those four pillars we get 20 years to help this money make impact in those areas and um as a former executive director of a nonprofit, i know what a gift uh even five thousand dollars can be ten thousand dollars can already transform some of your programs and allow you to expand or um innovate the programs in a way that you wish that just a little bit of money would have helped so Mm -hmm. really quite excited about that and that 
fund sort of uh, wrapped up what's been a really busy year for the foundation. So right now, um, we have a few different funds that we're supporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100 Women Who Care, Fort St. John. So during their last meeting, we were able to help them uh, help support that event, which was fantastic. And I have to say, having 130 plus I think they may have even had closer to 150 women in the room that night as well as some that wrote in their donations uh, couldn't be at the event but wanted to participate Mm -hmm. that's tremendous for a community our size they've done a great job does that mean sorry Susan that like you supported them putting on the event and then they then raised the money which they chose the charity for and whatnot so you kind of helped them make it possible for them to do that yes we have some technical tools that we're able to help with, um, which helps for the person donating. We're able to get them their income tax receipts right I away. Um, and we're also able to accommodate online registrations for, for the group. So just a few little tweaks to their already very successful equation. Um, we were just able to add to that, augment it a little bit to help um, keep elevating their success. And so through their last... Uh, event they were able to raise over thirty one thousand dollars yeah you know just amazing amazing so their next meetings march 12th people go through our website they can already register online or make their donations so we're set up for that um we had the north upper north peace emergency farm aid fund which Mm -hmm. i think we spoke a little bit about earlier this summer um and what that is is during the the fires in our region, there wasn't a lot of support for farmers and ranchers that needed to get their fences up quickly so that they could deal with their livestock and um, eliminate long term damage to their pasture or their food mm-hmm. their food field. So try and get get the animals pastured where they needed to be. And so we had uh, Petronas Canada stepped up with a huge $10,000 donation into that fund. Um, aren't they always just the, grass, the greatest <laughs> community champions? Um, so they stepped up with that, and we're working with a few different people now that have just sort of fallen through the cracks. We've seen that there are uh, now there are different levels of government that are coming forward to help in those ways. And um, I don't know much about the details of the programs, but um, ours is not terribly detailed. It's there to go out and be spent. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. working with a few different families to to see if that fund's the right fit for them. We also have these, we're still building the City of Fort St. John Legacy Fund, which is a great fund. It's a community fund that anybody's able to donate to. They can go through our website to donate, give me a call anytime and I can help facilitate that. And that is really meant for our community granting program mm-hmm. that we do once a year where we look at the needs of the community and match the funds available with the organizations that we have. So that's exciting. Um, and then our grants and aid, we're, we're still working on that program with the city of Fort St. John. And if there's anybody that would like to contribute towards that, we take donations of all kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think what I'm really excited to share with you today, Dub, is I have a brand new fund announcement. Excellent. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And I'm sorry that my colleague couldn't be here today. If you give me one quick second, I'll bring it up on my screen here. So our industrial partners over at Coastal Gas Link, and I know they've been in the news a lot with all of the accomplishments and milestones that they've reached. 
In addition to the $11 million that they've already spent uh, in communities that are along the route, mm-hmm. they've committed uh, $50,000 to the North Peace Community Foundation. Wow. Yes, yes, we're going to be establishing the Coastal Gas Link Community Fund, a permanent endowment, which meant, which means that um, the benefits of that fund are that the impacts will go on in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. So every year we'll be able to fund out of that. And, and it will be in pillar areas, not unlike other corporate pillar areas. Uh, for them, uh, there's our safety, education, environment, and resilient communities. So all four pillar areas that they've seen that are important. Um, and so we're, we're really quite excited about this. This is another endowment um, from another fantastic corporate partner. Uh, and we'll send out more information you'll see in the coming days. But um, this is its official announcement. And I thank you for the opportunity. Oh, I thank you for having that announcement. I didn't know you were going to do that today. So that's yes, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sue, I guess my next question then, I mean, <clears throat> it's you've got kind of all these different sort of funds that the foundation is administering, if I think that's the best way of saying it. So you do you seek out people then to sort of be, uh, you know, to have things donated from the fund to them? Or is it kind of about you come to us, we'll match you up kind of with, you know, the corporate partner who wants their donation to go to this sort of thing? Is, is that sort of Kind of like most of what your job would be, I, I suppose, is that sort of matching this 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 charity or this people looking for funding with these people who have funding to offer, essentially. Yeah, that's a great question. And to answer it in a not too clear way, uh, <laughs> we do both. Yeah, we do both. So we have groups that come to us and say, we have this project. We need X dollars amount of funding. And so through... Um, our networks uh, at the foundation through our board's networks, my own personal network, we're able to say, you know what, I I think we know somebody that might be interested in funding that project. Um, Or alternatively, we don't have anything right now, but let us, when we get down to the community um, granting part of this next year, let's put that in there. Let's, let's make sure that that's being considered that because if one organization has a need typically in that manner, then there are others that do as well. And Mm -hmm. so that's really where we get the feedback from the local nonprofits and from the local charities. What are their needs? So if we haven't had a chance to catch base, when they give me a ring and say, listen, we've, we've got this great innovative project over here that we just need a little bit of seed money or um, we need to be able to streamline some internal processes or those types of things. Um, it's, it's great for me to know that those needs are there and it's also a great opportunity for us to go out and try match match some folks to see if we can get a good fit. Wonderful. All right. Yeah. Well, it basically sounds like there's lots of ways companies corporations can help the fund there's lots of ways that the fund can help you so what's the best way to sort of reach out say i've got this idea i've got this question i need help what what should people do listening right now who who want to be a part of this yes absolutely so whether they're donors or organizations that are involved or just interested want to learn more information please give me a call 778-576-1669 or you can email me at info at northpcf.com. Um, all the information's on our website, northpcf.com. 
So all the contact information is there. They can even contact us through the website if they'd like. And I know with year-end coming up, we may have folks that are looking at some of their corporate um, RSP contributions or some of that year-end bookkeeping. If there's any question, give me a call. We can accommodate most uh, forms of of donation. So whether that's securities, RSP transfers, whatever that is, um, we can accommodate that. So if folks have questions, uh, it's great that they give me a call and let's talk through and see what a good fit for them is. Wonderful. Well, Susan, thank you so much for coming by. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Dove. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. That's uh, Susan Adams with the North Peace Community Foundation. My thanks to our guests today, Matt Preprost and Susan Adams, for joining us. If you'd like to hear this episode again, or you'd like to hear an old episode of Moose Talks, you can make sure to check out the EnergeticCity.ca podcasts page. You'll find past episodes of this show there, as lo- uh, uh, along with all episodes of Secrets of the North, Before the Peace, Voices of the Peace, all archived for your listening pleasure. Take some time to listen to some excellent locally produced podcasts today at energeticcity.ca slash podcast, or you can hear them all on the 100.1 Moose FM app, which is free to download from the Apple app or Google Play Store right now. Well, that's our show today. We ran long, but thank you so much for staying along and watching and listening. Jordan Prentice and Trey Lopashinsky are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.